You're listening to The Life of a Cheerleading Coach. I'm your host, Marley Sievers, with five years of high school coaching experience, seven years of experience as a choreographer and head instructor for the National Cheerleaders Association, and over a decade in the cheerleading industry. Join me as we navigate through the world of high school coaching together. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by the Cheer Coach Planner. Are you ready to replace your bulky coach binder? If so, then you should check out the Cheer Coach Planner. Designed specifically for cheerleading coaches, the Cheer Coach Planner helps you to simplify the administrative side of coaching through the use of planning and organization. Inside, you'll find over 250 pages, including 12 undated monthly calendars, daily life and practice planners, a team section full of forms to help you keep track of everything specific to your team, like rosters, absences, and athlete profiles, and a season section full of forms to help you keep track of everything related to your season, like tryouts, fundraising, game days, pep rallies, and competitions. With a physical planner, digital planner options, and new planners for your captains, you're bound to find an option that works for you. Check them out at cheercoachplanner.com or visit the link in my show notes. Now you can use code MARLEY10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y-1-0 for 10% off. The Cheer Coach Planner, your season, your plan. with coach Tanisha Hatton, who is the head tumbling instructor and full year and rec program coach for Outlaw Cheer and Dance in Massachusetts. Tanisha is also the owner and operator of Cheerportation. Tell the listeners more about your experience with cheerleading and coaching. Yes. Hello, everyone. Like she said, my name is Tanisha Hatton, and I've been in the cheerleading world for 16 years, 10 years as an athlete and six years as a coach. So it's been a long journey and it's going to be even longer. <laughs> so currently I work at Outlaw Cheer and Dance in West Bridgewater. I've been there since August of 2020 and mm-hmm. I run all the tumbling classes. I do privates. I do, we have a half year team. I'm the coach for that. I'm a coach for a full year team. Yeah. Pretty much just any team that comes there <laughs> except tinies. I don't do tinies. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> don't have the patience for them yet. This year actually was the first year that we started a special needs team. So I'm the coach for that too. And I've enjoyed doing that um, with those kids. For four years, I was coaching at a high school, right out of college. I got that job, which was great. And I've coached at two colleges. One was Suffolk University. The other was Stonehill College and other gyms in the area. So I've been around. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. So tell the listeners a little bit about Cheerportation and what kind of services do you offer for athletes and teams? Yeah. So Cheerportation is the bus is parked in Brockton, but we can help any team in the New England area. And the purpose of it is for any team from Pop Warner all the way up to college, if they need it on a weekly basis, like they go to weekly tumbling classes and they need a ride to the facility because the school is not providing it, that's what we're here for. Or you need it for comps, games, team bondings, honestly, anything. Anything a cheer team would need throughout the season, that's what we're here for. And then also the other side that makes us stand out is that we're helping parents do weekly rides for the athletes because some people... They work, they just can't get their athlete there on time, or they don't have rides for the athletes at all, so they usually carpool. So that's why we would be taking over that stress of the carpool that people usually do. What inspired you to start this business? The reason I started this business actually was while I was working at Suffolk University, they considered their team not a sport, so they considered them a club. We needed to use one of the bus, one of the school vans uh, to go to camp, and they wouldn't let us do it because, like I said, they're not considered a sport or an athletic sport at the school. So 
I just thought of the idea like, oh, well, if I get my own bus, then <laughs> we can use our bus to go to camp like for the following season and do all the things that we need to do until the school sees us as a sport and not a club. So the next question I have for you is what advice would you give to someone who's looking to create a career or a business out of their passion? I would just say go for it. I know everyone usually says that, but honestly, starting is the hardest thing. Do your research as much as you can. I was in classes for months. Uh, I started the business and then I was just in classes for months and I'm still learning now to this day. It's a year later and I'm still learning everything about businesses. So just if you could take classes about how to be a content creator, because you think that's something that you don't have to do, but it's something you have to do until you become big and then someone else can do that. But just little things like that, making sure you're always compliant with the state, especially depending on which business category you want to be in. Just I would just just do your research and dive deep into it. What do you believe are the key skills to have when working as a coach? Patience is definitely the first. <laughs> first and foremost, no matter what age, they all the children will test your patience. So <laughs> having patience and then honestly just doing what you love. I know that some people are thrown into coaching cheer. Like cheer is one of those sports that they're just like, oh, you 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 look like you walk down the street so you can coach cheer. But <laughs> I think that actually hurt, that hurts the athletes unless like that coach is willing to learn and really provide for, for the athletes. So I just learning and having a passion for it and not just being there just be, just because they need a body there so that the children don't hurt each other, I think is very important for coaching cheer. I agree. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about coaching? Like what got you involved in it? Well, I was involved in it because I was always the athlete that I knew everyone's eight count. I knew <laughs> I mm-hmm. wanted to create on the, the routine and some of the coaches allowed me to do it. So I was able to express myself and run some practices. I was captain in high school and I was captain in college. So that I always wanted to be the leader in the front, making the decisions. <laughs> so that's what got me started in coaching. And my favorite is, I would just say watching the kids grow. It's just seeing them, especially when you get them when they know absolutely nothing. And then months later, you find videos like, look, look this is what you was doing like a couple months ago. You didn't have a cartwheel and now you have a cartwheel. And it's not, you're not falling all over the place. You're actually landing on your feet and just seeing the joy in their faces of when they're learning things and they're getting better at it. Um, that's the best part. A hundred percent. I think watching them grow is definitely my favorite as well. What is the best experience that you've had as a coach? I've had a lot. I would just say when you finally get that first place trophy after working hard, whether it's like when I coached my high school, it took like maybe a year or two before they was able to get a first place trophy. Our goal was always just not first place. It was just to hit a certain score. And then when we finally hit a certain score and got first place, or when we went to States in Massachusetts, which is our big last competition, we got mm-hmm. fourth place, but it was by 0.3 away from third. So things like that. And then just looking at the kids, grabbing the score sheet, looking at the kids and then just jumping up and down is the best part for all-star. Like I said, it's seeing them just grow how they mm-hmm. was, especially like for half year with kids coming in that know absolutely nothing. <laughs> and then at the end of the season, just they, if they don't get first place or they do get first place, just seeing the progression that those kids uh, did is always the best part for me. What has been your most challenging experience as a coach? Parents. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> everyone said that, but honestly, I think as long as you're organized Dealing with the parents is simple until something goes wrong. And if the communication is off between you and the athlete and the parent, then that's where things can go wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that would say I've cried at nights for some parents. So <laughs> that's the worst. And I hope it gets better. There are some good parents. Like when you get get some good parents, that is really helpful that they just help you move along. And then the mm-hmm. bad ones, you just try to stick it out. Yeah. I love that advice. I feel like parents are my biggest hurdle. <laughs> so <laughs> I <can> really. <laughs> and I guess I'll understand when I'm a parent myself, like how that feels like my pride and joy is coming home crying or something happened and yeah. you just want to know, go into mama bear mode or daddy right. bear mode. Like a part of me understands, but sometimes I wish they would just give us the benefit of doubt or come to us calmly instead of uh-huh. coming to us angry. And then I could just tell you what happened or you don't even give me a chance to call and tell you what happened. Right. What makes a season successful? For me, it's being organized and everything going as close to smoothly as possible. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if I have, I always make calendars at the beginning of my season, like everything is scheduled from down to the detail of if there's extra practice that we may or may not need, making sure that all the parents for high school, making sure uh, high school, college, everyone paid things on time mm-hmm. and there wasn't that many injuries in the season. Those are, that's always great. Like, Oh, we only have one instead of like five. <laughs> yeah. Um, Things like that are great. And then from the athlete's perspective, I always ask them, what is their goal? Because I can only want it so much. And then if they don't want it as much, then it's not going to help anybody. It's not, what do they consider successful? So if they consider we want to get respect from our school, I can help mm-hmm. you do that. That That's a, that's an easy goal. If you want to get first place once, that's an easy goal. If we want to just have fun, then that's a goal. But mm-hmm. on the coach's side, being organized and everything mostly going smoothly. And then for the athletes, just whatever their goal is. And then me trying to help them reach that goal. How do you motivate your athletes? I had difficulty in that area. (laughs) I would be (laughs) very honest because I'm just honest when I'm speaking to them. Like I don't have, I just sit down. Like if I just see things that just going completely wrong, they just keep dropping stuff. I'll pull them in, be like, what's going on? What can I do to help? Can I break something down to make it better? Uh-huh. Like just honestly talking to them. And then when we get to things like competitions, I don't scream. I don't do anything because it's like, we're here already. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So right. I just try to get them. I started a thing where we go in a circle and I say, what is your fear? Like for this routine that you have? And then we throw it down and then we step on it, squish it like a bug. Um, uh-huh. So just little things like that. But I would, I would say I'm a hard on the harder side of co- coaching because yeah. I will I will break things down in the beginning. But in the middle of the season, I expect you to if I went over something I'll, over and over again, like, let's get it together. Let's do it. And that's yeah. my version of motivation. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'll play games or slow things down or just try to get their mind back to like where they need to be. Yeah, I love that fear one. I might have to incorporate that somehow. I don't know if I found that or I just thought of it because I think I, it just came to me one day because I was like, I can tell that they're scared for one part of the routine. So mm-hmm. right before we get on stage, just throw that fear where step on it like a bug, squish it as hard as you can. And then that fear doesn't go on the map with you. I love that. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given? There's so much. I would always make sure you're learning and growing with the industry because our industry changes every two seconds every month. (laughs) (laughs) Just make sure you're keeping up with the trends and try not to say stay stagnant with your learning because we all learn certain ways and like to coach certain ways, but not every group of athletes work the same way. So 
just keeping up with the trends, especially I have a pre-COVID coaching method and I have a post-COVID <laughs> coaching <laughs> method. So <laughs> dealing with all those kids that came back and just they had a different mind, head space and mindset. So right. just always wanting to be willing and learning to grow. And then if you get to a point that it's not fun anymore, just get out of it. Just take a break. Yeah, I actually really love that. I think that having a growth mindset is really important as a coach. And then, yeah, if you're not, if you're not having fun, if you're not willing to grow, maybe it's time to take a step away. Yeah, because it definitely projects on the kids. The kids know when you're not happy because then yeah. they're not happy. You don't want to be there. They don't want to be there either. So right. just take a step try to switch things up and see what like if you have to make a drastic change then do do it and if it doesn't work then at least you tried everything right Calling all cheer coaches, podcast fans, and supporters. This podcast has merch. You heard that right. Don't know what to get your assistant as a gift for this season? Well, grab a cheer coach beanie. Want to stay cozy at practice? Rep the cheer coach sweatshirt. Not only do I sell merch on my website, I also have some awesome coaching resources for sale on there as well. Some of these items include jump drills, motion drills, tryout score sheets, and stunt progressions lists. Head over to marleysievers.com shop. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y s-i-e-v-e-r-s dot com slash s-h-o-p or head over to the link in my show notes what advice would you give someone who is just starting their coaching career i would say try to be organized try to pretty much plan out your entire season before your season starts it helps a lot like my first year straight out of college i thought i knew coaching from watching my coaches and Nope, absolutely not. If, if you don't write everything down, if you try to come up with practices last minute, then parents mm-hmm. always have an issue, which I understand because if you tell me something, if it's Monday and you tell me that there's extra practice on Thursday, that's not enough time, <laughs> especially right. people have other things outside of cheer. Um, mm-hmm. So just being organized, sit down, write an entire calendar, entire season, come up with practices that you think you may need a week and just put it on a calendar. Just, yeah. just put it on there. Um, even if you don't use it, obviously that's fine. And then when it comes to if you have to do your own apparel and things like that, trying to get that done ahead of time and it will get easier each year that you do it. Right. What lessons do you hope that your former athletes received during their time in your program? I just hope that they learn that they are important, that they got respect from doing, especially if it's a school, that they got respect from their peers. Before I got there, I heard a lot of, they don't really like us. They don't respect us. They just mm-hmm. kind of laugh at us. So I hope that they learned that I did give them respect. Like you, you can say I was an actual cheerleader. Uh, we competed, we worked hard and that we're just better people at the end of the day. What has been your greatest achievement either as an athlete or a coach? As an athlete, I don't know if I had, I had big achievements for me, but I wish I would have went further <laughs> into it. But I enjoyed my time in high school and college. I wish we competed in high school. I never knew that was a thing. I learned that when I started coaching, like, oh, these teams compete like that. That would have been fun because um, especially my school is huge. We only have one high school in my city. It's 4,000 yeah. kids. And so we had a big team and that would have been something fun to do and learn. As a coach, my biggest achievement would be like I said, that moment that we got fourth at states, but it was only by 0.3 from mm-hmm. third. That was huge because all season, like 
that particular year we competed game day and that score sheet is like up and down. Sometimes mm-hmm. one week you get a good score. The next week you get a terrible score and you're like, what do you, you guys want <laughs> from me? Like, I don't know. And then just seeing those kids go out there and yelling their hardest and they hit all their stunts and they hit all their tumbling. And then we was under time, which was great. Cause that was all also a big uh, heartache. <laughs> we only mm-hmm. had three minutes to get through everything to get through four sections. So when I grabbed that score sheet and read that placement and had the point value, that was ecstatic. I was jumping up and down just like them. And then mm-hmm. we actually went to nationals at Disney that year. We didn't do mm-hmm. the best, but the point is that that was our first time going to nationals. So that was an experience and getting to learn and do that within a couple months. That was fun. That was a good achievement. I know you'd mentioned, you know, your state routine, stuff like that. What is cheerleading like in Massachusetts? Like what's the style? How many routines do you compete in for school cheer? So the style I would say is what they would consider performance. That's the main thing that we do. Game day division just started 2019. I think that was the first season that we started doing game day. It might've been the year before that, but my team in particular, we did game day in 2019, but Mm -hmm. it's mostly, I would describe it NCA is mostly how routines look here um, in Massachusetts. Not many teams look go to UCA. Only a couple, but most of the routines, like we have our own score sheet, it's pretty basic. It's just like an all-star routine that we have to build in. Um, it's pretty straightforward. I actually think our score sheet is the easiest to follow because if you do A, you get this point. <laughs> if you yeah. do B, you get this point. And it's like, or if you do these skills in this bracket, then you get this. And the versus like the all-star is like, oh, you get this and you may or may not get this score with mm-hmm. technique. Like It drives me <laughs> crazy. So I actually love our score sheet and our score sheet changes every two years, which is good because you get some mm-hmm. time to acclimate with it. But yeah, I would say most of the teams here in Massachusetts are mostly NCA style type routines. Nice. Do you just do the one performance routine then at state? Or? Um, so it depends. It depends on the school. So my team in particular, what I did was that school only did performance and I wanted to give the kids the opportunity that never competed to compete. So I put kids on a game day team and I put kids on a performance team. Most teams are going in that direction now, especially if they have a bigger team. Like, why not get two first place trophies instead of one? (laughs) That's how I see. But mostly schools do performance and then you have to go to your league and then you have to get a certain score to make it to regionals. And then after regionals, you have to move forward to States. Not everybody makes it to States. Um, States is actually this weekend coming up. So, and then in the winter we have new England's where you competing against obviously other schools um, in new England, but that only happens in the winter and the fall is the biggest time. Cause most of like the all-star kids, that's when they're allowed to cheer. And then once winter times hit, it depends on what gym you're at. Um, so the big gym here is um, East ECE. Most mm-hmm. of those kids go and they have to go do all-star. But if some of them do like the local local gyms, then they can still do both as long as it doesn't conflict with their schedule. But there's no like, I know in other states, there's like rules that they cannot do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, here, it honestly depends on the coach and the gym. Gotcha. Okay. So I just have a couple more questions for you. The next one is what trends do you see in your program this season? TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's just the first thing that comes to mind. Like uh-huh. the kids know these TikToks by heart, but can't remember their dance and their routine <laughs> or can't remember this, their stunt sequence or don't know how to count. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I've noticed this season. <laughs> I love that. No, we have our banquet coming up and 
I was trying to think of some goofy awards to give out. And one of them is the most likely to record a TikTok at practice. I'm like, yeah, yes, <laughs> I'm like, go, go, go get a drink. And then next thing I hear music, like, um, I didn't say grab your phone and make a TikTok. <laughs> right. said, go, go and grab a drink and come back out. But yeah, I find that hilarious that they know these TikTok dances in and out, but can't remember their dance. <laughs> can't remember their routine. <laughs> Like, um, the, while you're at practice, <laughs> like, especially now in the middle of the season, like, come on, <laughs> you, come you've on. been competing, you know it, you shouldn't be drawing blanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, if I say, I don't even know what, cause I don't have TikTok. So I, I don't even know what they get saucy or something like that. If I say that, then they'll do it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have TikTok either. So I'm like, yeah, I, I don't mean, know the trends and the things that they be saying and naming like, huh? Like I learned the other day, Visco girl. I had no idea what that was. Uh-huh. Apparently, it's a girl, a girl that tries to save the turtles and uh-huh. recycle plastic or something. I was like, huh? What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. I was laughing at myself the other day because I'm like, I feel like I'm not caught up with the slang. Like my girls keep saying, "Yeah, your bus instead of bussing." I'm like, what? It was just bussing like two weeks ago, right? <laughs> Why do we have to show in half and just having another meaning? Like, mm, that's not what it means. <laughs> <laughs> like, just say the whole word. Just say bust it. Why are you yeah. saying bust? <laughs> right. Stop shortening things. <laughs> okay. My last question for you is what's your why? Why do you do what you do? I do it because I love it. And like I said, the day that I don't love it, that I'll stop. Ever since the first day that I watched Bring It On, in elementary, <laughs> I've been obsessed with cheer, watched uh-huh. all the Break It Ons, did the first camp I ever did was for the Patriots cheerleaders. They hold a camp every summer and uh-huh. you get to like cheer at a off season game. You have like to do a halftime routine that I absolutely loved. And then from there, I've never stopped. I'm always involved in cheer somehow. At one point I was coaching a college, all-star, a high school and working full time. Which wow. is um, I work in a lab, so I love it. I hope one day that coaching or something involved in the cheer world will be my full time job. So cheerportation takes off and can help anybody. We go global uh, right. one day, and then I'm just coaching. I never wanted to own a gym, but I'm starting to get a little bug that maybe I want to own a gym. Just anything I can do, honestly, to help anything in the cheer community. I just want to instill the love that I got and the good coaches that I did get. And hopefully I'm that good coach to some other kids or they learn something from me if I'm not the best coach in their minds, but at least they learned something from me. So my why, and I will continue to do it forever and hope that everyone else loves cheer as much as I do. Cause cheer is great. And especially here in Massachusetts is not as big. So I want to make it big, <laughs> just like <laughs> the South States. Like we are just as good. We can hang in, in there. <laughs> right. Gosh, I love that. That's so heartwarming. I hope that cheerportation does take off because I feel like there's a need for that over here too. Like I'm in Idaho and there's girls that could use that service. So yeah, I've heard, I've heard Chicago, I've heard California, like people like, are you going to franchise? Like, yes, one day I shall, but I would like to get established here (laughs) Um, quickly and help the Massachusetts community and the New England community. And then yes, I, I know that there are cheer parents and cheer athletes all around that need help so one day just such a great idea okay where can people connect with you on like instagram facebook what's your handle yep so i'm on everything instagram facebook twitter 
LinkedIn. It's all at Cheerportation. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Tanisha. Thank you for having me. Go make a difference. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. Visit the link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter, get access to our coaching community, The Cheer Closet, and links to resources that you can use for your team this season. Don't forget to follow the Life of a Cheerleading Coach on Instagram and Facebook, and be sure to click the listener support button on my anchor page. Love the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To be featured in the next episode, use the link in my show notes to leave me a voice message. Thanks again for listening, and go make a difference. Thank you.